everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Psychic on the Scene. And I just would first like to say happy anniversary to my co-hosts, D. Scott and Michelle lyons Polito. So it was two years ago this month. Um, I'm not, as, I could look back at the exact date, but right around the, the date of two years ago when I woke up and was like, Hmm, why don't I have a podcast? Hmm, why don't I call Michelle and see if she'll do it with me? Hmm, don't I know a producer? And it all happened in a day. And uh, D Scott, when I messaged him, I said, I'd like to have my own show. Um, is that possible? He's like, yeah, can you be here Monday? So I am forever grateful for that. And forever, whoever in the universe uh, made me wake up with that in my head, because it's been so much fun doing these episodes with our guests. And um, tonight's special guest, who is always a request, um, my daughter, by the way, is a huge fan. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> we have back Jake Paul. Yay. Hi, Jake. Hello. <laughs> Jake right now is donning a new hair color and it, as like everything looks amazing. Yep. New wig. Nice. Who's this? <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so tonight we're going to start to talk about more during this year, because I just feel like we need to talk about some different areas of paranormal or maybe myths and legends um, that are out there, whether it has to do with Loch Ness, Men in Black, Mothman. But tonight's episode, which was dealer's choice, it was Jake's choice. <laughs> and I, of course, totally embrace it. It is mermaids and sirens. Mm. Wait, did awesome. you say that at some point we were going to talk about Men in Black, like the movie? I'm in. Oh, yeah. No, there... not like that, not but like, like that. the real Men in Black that just seem to show up whenever there's a report of something strange and, um, you know, trying to be suppressed. Because That's where they got so, the idea for the movie. So, so not Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Unless so they I, do love, I do love Tommy Lee Jones, but no. I mean, listen, I'll reach out to their people and see if I can get Will Smith. <laughs> Have your people talk to their people and see if it'll yeah, work. Yeah, I can't wait exactly. till they just ignore that email. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jake, hi, welcome. Thanks for being here for our anniversary episode. Yay. Oh my God, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you guys. Two years. That's two years. crazy. That went by like crazy. No, it's so in a blink of an eye. Changed. Yeah, in a blink of an eye. Totally, truly, truly. And uh, very fortunate for iHeartRadio to have let us do what we do and have fun doing what we do at iHeartRadio for Psychic on the Scene. So, Jake, um, I think that you probably, and all our <laughs> listeners know, I'm not only a land mermaid and I have many mermaid qualities. Um, but I totally believe in a lot of different things that have been handed down for years and years as whether they were legends um, or folklore, there's got to be some basis of truth to this. Even doing the research, it was like they're in different continents and they talk mm -hmm. about this so many different throughout the world going back to like, was it Babylonian? Yeah, that's the first um, of a mermaid. Yeah. Babylonia. ancient syria ancient syria right that was one of them too mm -hmm. so because you like everything strange and wonderful um what is your take um get us started on the mermaid um my take hmm, i would say that my take is pretty much the same as really any other folk tale myth um what have you i think that you know i forget who said it someone has said it much better than i have but i think that as time goes on, as with anything, as people believe in it, they tell a story, you know, you, we do birth energy, we do create these things, you know, over time. Um, that's, you know, it, it keeps, you know, cultural icons alive. It, some could argue that it keeps modern deities alive, um, mm -hmm. which is through belief, which is through storytelling. Um, so I think that even if, if we wanted to, you know, argue that they weren't real in the first place, I think that there is no possibility that they are not real at least in a astral realm, you know, even right. today physically, even though looking back into the history, it's actually quite fun to see um, a lot of stories from some really um, credible, knowledgeable people, you know, pioneers mm -hmm. in their areas. Um, and then even to see it translate across different cultures and different um, timelines. I think it's yes. quite curious. I always like to find um, 
right I always like to skim through and kind of see what everybody else's take is and then you kind of find the juiciest parts about mermaid myth lore when you're just reading through and you make the connection yourself Mm -hmm. rather than somebody saying this sounds a lot like Greece you know going through the going through the myth there's so many overlaps kind of like when we were talking about vampires you know many of those stories did not directly call them vampires but they're so overlapping with one another that there couldn't be a coincidence you know right so I've always done that so fascinating and I think that's what makes this so beautiful is that everybody has a take everybody has a story um and so I think that it just it's something that needs a little bit more of um a moment to think before you outwardly kind of refute it you know there was a woman speaking on one of the um things on YouTube and she must speak about a lot of mythical creatures Um, But she used a term I had never heard before, and I think it's awesome. She called mermaids, or anything in the ocean that is mystical, a USO, which is an unidentified submerged object, instead of flying object. And, And again, talked about on there how they talk about Loch Ness, um, that these, that one possibility that they can't be seen or captured or whatever is that they move through astral space. Mm-hmm. So they'll go back and forth through different dimensions and they, and they can do this so that they, they're not seen or they're not captured, that they're different kind of uh, vibrational energy than we are as humans. And I think that's a really, for me, a credible um, or plausible theory because I think that if you are of a higher vibration, you can move through these other um, zones, so to speak. Absolutely. I, I think that kind of superimposes itself on um, what some paranormal experiences that people have had. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, when we were just talking about Gettysburg, I know people that have been there and that they've slipped, they feel like they slipped through time and they're yes. in the same spot, but in a different time period. And I think mm-hmm. it, it could be that way with mermaids and the big and Bigfoot Loch Ness. It's all, uh, it's just sliding through those little folds of the dimensions. And mm-hmm. you know, they do fall under the, the same category as Bigfoot in the cryptozoology, where there is people, there are people that are bona fide scientists that study these creatures and, you know, trying to get the DNA, trying to prove or disprove. I think it's fascinating. I do too. You know, I can remember going back and seeing that I was looking at the research of the first, like one of the stories from Hans Christian Andersen, Mm -hmm. The Little Mermaid. And the one thing it had said was um, she had no voice. And that when she came to the land, she was mute. Um, And there is a belief in the Netherlands, which is probably where some of that folklore came from and that he wrote the story based on, is that these girls found a mermaid and brought her ashore and but the whole time she lived in the village um she never could speak she was mute so um Mm. that's probably where that was born of but we've got obviously disney's little mermaid we have in peter pan there was mermaids Mm -hmm. they weren't they weren't really nice mermaids though they were more like the sirens yes and and of course then like splash and all those other ones so Um, I think it's the other thing too, is uh, in the last couple of years, I've heard um, like the differences between mermaids, which seem to be more like nymph-like creatures or fairy-like creatures where the sirens are the ones that were um, even referred to as like a succubus. Like they were, they're like kind of like the bad ones. Trying to draw people in to drown them or. Yeah, where the mermaids seem, you know, one side or the other, the mermaids seem more like will show up before a storm to warn or show up by a reef to say, don't come this way. More um, <clears throat> ways of telling them, you know, trying to protect people at sea. And I guess that if you give them, or, you know, save them or help them, they will reward you with bringing you treasure from the bottom of the sea. Yes. So. There was a lot to do with the gods. Did you find that too, Jake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. refer to a lot there's yeah so there's a lot of overlap um even in terms of kind of their origins and then also mm-hmm. specifically i found a lot more about sirens um concerning the gods and concerning um stories of myth too um 
which we can get into. That's pretty fun. Um, I wasn't actually all that familiar um, until I did some of this research and I was like, hmm, that's, that's pretty interesting. It um, is. And even, even um, that chunk of it to the side too, I thought it was so fascinating to see that there really seems to be equal parts on both sides, um, you know, the benevolent mermaid, um, and then also the um, aggressive huntress, uh, yes. sirens, mermaid, who can quite tell. Um, so I thought that was very fascinating too. Um, there's actually a story down here that I was um, reading about. Um, so so it, this is about Roman lore here. So a naturalist, a naturalist named Pliny the Elder um, was actually talking about a form of nymph called Nereids. And yes. these were actually half men, half human. Um, but he said that they were, even the human side of them were quite scaly as well too. So these were quite visibly sea creatures. Um, right. But he's very interesting because he was talking about that, um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce the name, but Legatus of Gaul wrote to the Emperor Augustus once saying that he had found numerous bodies along the shore. Um, and then also at the same time, they were talking about in the same letter about how when nightfall would come, um, it was actually common that maybe that one of these nymphs would climb up on a ship during the night. And that the myth was is that any area of the ship that nymph was sitting on would actually submerge into water. And so he said a handful of minutes would sink the ship entirely. Um, so yeah. that's quite interesting that they were kind of um, harbingers, you know, mm -hmm. but I could even argue since these are such ancient beings, one might argue that, you know, maybe sirens are deity here to kind of urge men out of the waters. You know, maybe they were able to prophesize, you know, what would happen if we took up ship and took up home in the water. I mean, look, today we are having a climate crisis about our water and the cleanliness of it. Um, so, I mean, did these beings know something that we didn't, you know, right. was their mission to help maybe prevent this the whole time? You know, so I thought that was a very fascinating uh, section there. Um and then even in the 16th century, um, there was actually a map on the Magna Carta that was actually cataloging areas where they had found sea creatures and sea monsters all around Scandinavia. Um, and that they also noted that many fishermen stories would swear um, that if you were to ever, um, that reeling in a mermaid or a merman was such terrible bad luck. And that yes. basically, if you were to let them go, they will come back with all the rest of the sea creatures. And I think the quote was, um, let's see that you would think the sky should fall from such terribly bad luck. Wow. And that, that was, um, you said it was somebody that did the, the mapping basically in 16th century. It was the ocean on, it was, they call them cardiographers. Am I saying that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Olas Magnus was his yeah. name. They have great names, right? We don't, have, we don't have any Olas's now. But I had seen the same thing and, um, and the reference of like a sea nymph. And mm -hmm. the thing that, that kind of strikes me and we were talking about this is that it seems that um, like there's a re reference to them in the Atlantis um, with, with them, the, the gods being angry with Atlantis and submerging it in the ocean mm -hmm. and the belief is that the Atlanteans became mermen and mermaids right. to survive. Um, and then going back, as you're saying, there were so many sightings. Now we could logically say that maybe what they saw was a manatee mm -hmm. um, or some other kind of sea creature they weren't aware creature of. Creature they, they didn't know. But to have it come up so often in folklore, so many folklore. many stories um, that it came up. I mean, for years they didn't believe that was it the gigantus octopus no longer existed or didn't exist at all. Giant squid, yeah. giant squid, and they now caught it. So that's all a part of that whole like real science cryptozoology mm. that. They're finding these in areas that, you know, how much of the ocean is actually like searched and can be searched. A tiny bit. Um, tiny right. bit. So massive. You know, we don't even know it's in the Marianas Trench, which is like one of the deepest parts of the ocean. Absolutely. I mean, even it's always, if you ever want to spook yourself out, go online and look up um, like unidentified sonars and information that like our military in the waters find. The right 
most outlandish, <laughs> crazy, sometimes blood, blood chilling sounds will be heard. And then they cannot pinpoint it, cannot find it. Um, impossible. Can't explain it. Um, so, and then even if we want to look, um, if you go on, the, what is it? The Discovery Channel, wherever they do Shark Week on. Um, yeah. Now, now we're seeing in the in pop culture more conversation about are megalodons still out there? Um, can we find mm. evidence? You know, so we're finding even our own scientists, you know, coming on camera, doing some research, spending more time on that. You know, continent-sized sharks, you know, floating about these waters. So, I mean, if it's possible, if it's possible for that to still be roaming around all these thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, um, I I can't quite say that anybody could ever rule out these mythical creatures floating around the ocean. Right. If we you miss know. the megalodon, then <laughs> we can definitely miss a few mermen. I think so. <laughs> I think we can miss Ariel. There was um, a lot of crossover and different names. And if I, if I miss say these, I apologize. Um, there was in Slavic culture, which is more like a siren. It was a Ruskal, I'm not gonna say it right. I couldn't Ruskal. Just say Norwegian. Rus- I think it's, you know, it's <laughs> Ruskalka, Rosalka. I'm not going to say. And if I said that totally wrong and I butchered it, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, and then there's the Silkies, which was from Scotland and they were seal people. They were shapeshifters. And you probably found this too, Jake, when you were looking up the research, many of them talk about them being shapeshifters. And that's another way that they can kind of conceal themselves. Um, there's Meru, Thin Folk, and this one was from Africa, and no, it was part of their culture, and apparently she's jealous, she's, she's a jealous bitch, <laughs> and Mama, Mama, Mommy Wada, and, um, I think it's like the mother of water, mm-hmm. and, um, in Brazil, they have one, she's, in Brazil, she's gorgeous, she was part of a tribe, and, um, she basically got, you know, she got went up against her two brothers. Her name is Iria, I, Iria, and I'm butchering this. I apologize to everybody, um, but she was the one where they actually specifically said she had a beautiful singing voice, um, which is what some of the sirens and mermaids are known to like sing these beautiful songs that like basically entrances people um, mm-hmm. to come to them. Then there's the, another one from New Zealand um, that's Marakian. And um, the one that inspired the Starbucks logo mm-hmm. um, was European. And um, kind of, it seems like mostly based in France. They actually have a lot of um, like restaurants and foods connected to her now. And it's Melusin. Melusin. But she was also known as a succubus. So she was mm. kind of bad. So they all seem to have a duality. Like some of them can be really wicked mm. and like bad or they were really good. And a lot to do with in every single continent. Um, they were worshipped in the, in, as the gods as for fertility. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You said you mentioned Syrian. And that was one of the things they said in the Syrian temples. That she had the biggest temple. Yeah. Um yeah so ancient ancient syria um goddess i believe the name is otter goddess otter goddess something um and so she was a goddess of fertility but she was actually a goddess of just in general well-being so spiritual Mm -hmm. well-being physical well-being emotional um and so she was described to be mermaid like in stature and she was actually doing um dedicated like the largest um uh 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 temple that they can kind of build up themselves in honor of her so I thought that was really interesting um and to even kind of piggyback from what you were saying um in Babylonian history um the the god is E I believe it's it's EA um and so he had the lower body of a fish and he was the god he was the god of arts and science um Mm -hmm. he would um he would also fight evil, I suppose, is what they mentioned in there. But he was associated with water. Um, and they actually also later on said that he would be later co-opted by the Greeks as Poseidon and then the Romans as Neptune. So I thought right. that was very fascinating um, that we're kind of seeing all the way back there that mer people or fish-like people are 
basically deity of the sea, which is quite powerful, you know. Um, and I think that, you know what, that's quite fitting because uh, a deity of the sea, the ocean is a beautifully peaceful and, and emotionally, spiritually charged place, but it's also destructive. It has mm-hmm. wrath, it has anger, you know. Um, and, and so I think that it's beautiful that in all these stories we see an overlap, a braiding of two of these facets that can both exist at the same time. You know, um, I think that's quite interesting to even go back in other deities, gods and goddesses. There's actually a lot more gray areas with those uh, deities rather than just good or just evil. You know, I've always found that fascinating. Well, and you think about in these different cultures, um, whether it's Native American or, you know, in for gods and goddesses going back into Babylonian um, era is that, and the Greeks and the Romans, that they had a god or goddess for everything, mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, that kind of helped not only explain or um, validated things that were happening within their communities, whether it had to do with weather, um, you know, war, whatever. But it's kind of interesting that this carried over into so many continents that don't typically have those kind of, uh, or I have seen those mythical beings. Now, probably as I, we do more of this stuff, we're gonna see that there are some cultures that are heavily rooted in those kind of, those mythologies yeah. to help their communities explain things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, all of, I don't think you guys did any of the research too. Yes. All of their love stories were sad. I know what was yeah. ended horribly. Yeah, unrequited, or someone dies or drowns. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not a drowning. Yeah. Um, even the original, the OG version of um, what was based from the little the Little Mermaid, the original mermaid story, um, actually ended in her being done wrong by her lover, and then so she bathed in his blood and then dissolved in the sea foam. You know, I so. feel her. I get it. <laughs> I mean, listen, we've all been there. <laughs> all been there and turned to foam. Oh, Sounds like Jimmy. He didn't call me back. Oh, yeah. He ghosted me. Oh, I turned to foam. And that's the foam um, on the Starbucks coffees. <laughs> yes. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, they a lot of it, even if it was the mermen, mm-hmm. it was that they tried to take a human uh, wife, mm-hmm. or they came ashore to kind of do naughty business with mm. um human women and mm. they would steal them yeah. they would mm-hmm. steal them from their families and um so can you imagine that as like i mean like a logical explanation well, she was just stolen she was stolen by a merman I, th- I think it was probably easier for them to think of that than oh my gosh she drowned and sank to the bottom and you right know, in scotland that's there's a lot of um uh, stories about um well I don't know if it's Loch, you know, the Loch Ness monster or, or merman. They say that the beast, you know, the monster of the Loch, would take a wife and take her down into the depths. But then you, they would come up and steal wood to keep the fire and the hearth warm because she complained that she was always so cold. Oh wow! In her watery home, and he was always trying to to do something to keep her warm. But my thought is like, well, how is she breathing down there? Unless his magic made it so that she could breathe under the water. And she internally, you know, for, for, you know, she became um, uh, internal, and, but she was always cold. So it sounds like- They you know. said in some of the myths that when the women took the men, um, if they if they drowned or they couldn't breathe, it was kind of like, that's your problem. Like you just didn't like, adhere to the magic and then the other ones they loved their life other under the sea they were happy to be there mm-hmm. so it, it, which is again like it's so crazy how that folklore and and you know we don't have cell phones we don't have those things back then obviously and these were handed down generation after generation and depicted in art um so I do, I think it's, I think it's amazing and fascinating. And just think about, I mean, I know it's because it's like Disney and stuff, but I can remember even being a girl. And the first time I read the story yeah. about the little mermaid, feeling so connected to it mm. and <clears throat> just there's like, everybody probably has one of those, say, whether it's Cinderella or just, you know, one of those fairy tale stories, but there's something about the like I can remember thinking to myself why would she want to leave the ocean 
I mean, think about the mermaid. Like she wanted, like, why would you give all that up for one dude? And I then that. It's, not right? big, it's a big gamble. <laughs> it was a huge gamble. And then she, she, uh, in the one story, she cut off all her hair. Oh, I can remember seeing that, like the story and she had like cut her hair. And then the sister came up and did the same thing. She, she, to give to the witch, she cut off all her hair. Wow. And when she came up to give this, um, uh, I guess that I think that the Little Mermaid had a choice to go back, and she decided not to. Mm. And the sisters were urging her, but it's it, it just is so sad when you hear those stories. <laughs> and why? Maybe that's a lesson for young girls: don't give it up. <laughs> don't give up the big picture for one dude, especially if they don't have your back. Exactly. Maybe that was a story from Copenhagen. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, have you guys ever seen? There's this sweet Irish film called the. Um, it's called The Secret of Roan Anish. Roan R O A N and then Anish I N I S H and Roan is the the term for a seal. That's Irish for seal, Celtic for seal. And Anish is island. So it's the the secret of Roan Anish is the island of the seals, and it's about a silky. Oh wow! Ooh. No, I've never seen that. It is one of my favorite movies and it's sweet to watch. And it's, it's told, um, it's a, grandparents have, I think a grandchild comes and stays with them for the summer and they're not happy about it because they're living on an island, the Ronanish. And they start telling about like the ancestral stories and about the Selkies and it just, and it superimposes time frames. Do yourself a favor, you just want a sweet, sweet movie with a lovely Irish brogue in it, um, Secret of Ronanish. What I thought was interesting about the difference with the silkies is um, when they they were shapeshifters or they mm -hmm. are shapeshifters, and when they come ashore, they take off their skins Skin and, and they hide them yeah. so they can leave anytime they want to. <laughs> and I guess the story is that if a man like fell in love with the silky, he would try and find her skin and, and keep it like right packed away so that she would never be able to go back to the ocean and like he'd come home and she, he the skin is gone and he knows he's lost his, his wife and she's back in the ocean so huh. fascinating it, it is it, i think it's so the like the premise of that when you think about like a family member that's like well she was a silky she went back to the ocean you know like <laughs> like that's where your aunt went she used to be here but she's not here anymore <laughs> from some fishing from some here. fishing village yeah you know aunt may she's gone now she was a silky <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there were sightings you know someone had too much whiskey oh yeah we saw it may swimming out with the seals yeah she turned into a seal she had to take off she'll be back <laughs> I think that you know what I mean like that's like messed up but they said that in some of these they did have children mm -hmm. and they left like if they were human children they left them which also was part of like the sad story that they left them to be yeah. raised mm -hmm. by other humans which is kind of like a, a what's that called a foundling Michelle exactly a foundling so again makes me sad and I think mm -hmm. a lot of times it, people it would be easier for them um, to imagine that their loved one had just gone off rather than had, had died, you know, that they are still right. out there. It's like the changeling. Um, yes. The changeling where people thought that their child had been stolen by the fairies and they weren't thriving anymore. And this was in uh, Europe, you know, during the, you know, late to late middle ages. Um, and they would leave the sick baby out in the woods for the fairies it was a fairy child they thought so they would bring their healthy child back but it was just a sick baby and they'd leave it in the woods got so upset and, oh. so and just assuming in their mind their baby wasn't gone their baby was living happy and healthy with the fairies with the fairy oh god that's so sad no. um the other ones too said that a lot of them which i really dig um, not only, you know, do they lure men to their deaths and they're beautiful and they can sing, but a lot of them had magic powers mm -hmm. that when you're talking about that, did you find that Jake? Yeah. And that actually makes complete sense. Um, I'll let you go on, but there's, um, there's actually a couple stories in Greek myth, um, where they were actually said, where they were actually said to be originally human companions of the goddess Persephone. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so the way that kind of story went was, um, so they were said to be human companions of the goddess Persephone. And as we all know, with the storyline of Persephone, she was, you know, taken away by Hades. Um, there's two versions of the story. Um, one version is that they were originally in their human form, kind of searching all over the world for Persephone. And so they asked the goddess Demeter for wings so that they could fly across oh, the yeah. sea to find her. Um, and so that's where the siren comes from. Um, but on the flip side, it's actually also said that it was more likely that Demeter punished them and gave them wings and banished them to be sirens of the ocean um, as oh. punishment for losing Persephone. Yeah. Which oh, would make okay. sense for these lonely kind of um, groups of, of people who are now trying to sing people out into the ocean and kind of take them, you know, kind of becoming lonely, kind of um, hurt souls, you know. So that's quite interesting, you know. <laughs> The, one of the magic um, was the Irish one, and um, mm -hmm. that was Moreau, and they said that she, they referred again to the feathers, which you just brought up, mm -hmm. and they said she had a magic, like, cape or uh, cap, mm -hmm. and it was covered in red feathers, mm -hmm. and that had, like, magical powers, so to speak, but she would take it off when she got to shore and hide it away, and it was kind of like the silky um, perception that if if somebody had found it they would be in control of her mm. um, she would be at their beck and call but uh, said that uh, it kind of sounded like she could like grant wishes in some of them um, mm -hmm. or, again like bring prosperity or good fortune so but it's um, you're right some of the earlier writings um, had them as half bird and half human and then yeah. it switched to half fish and half human. Yeah, if you're going to sh shift shapes, why not try out different ones, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which is also why, which is also how I found the kind of um, the, I guess, um, uh, uh, sirens and harpies are supposed mm -hmm. to be um, kind of have an affinity for one another because they're such similar beings. Um, so you actually find them kind of crossing paths with one another um, and kind of equated to each other as well, which is pretty interesting too. Um, you know, wrathful. <laughs> Uh, bird-like women as well so it's it's pretty interesting right pretty interesting that I um Michelle asking you if you could ask like one question to that mythical creature oh if you could sit down and interview that's a good question what would I ask that's why I get paid the big bucks lady no, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Let me think about this. I know dead air in a podcast is not good. What would you ask, Jake, if you had a mythical creature in front of you? Once you got, I know myself, I'd got over all the excitement, shock and awe. What would you ask? What would I ask them? Hmm. I think I would ask how many other creatures are out there that we don't know about. Oh, that's a good one. Tell me what's out there. I, I Tell me what else is out there in other dimensions. That's yes. a good question. Yeah. I'd love to hear the answer to that. Because I think that, that, like you, we've said before, I think there's tons. Yeah. We're just. I also believe, I had heard years ago, Sylvia Brown saying, and I kind of, I, I, I know I make the joke all the time about being a, like, you know, a mermaid, but I think there are, like, we know from Mich um, Michelle, from Barb, mm -hmm. that there are people that are Lemurian, Yep. And they, they don't even realize they're Lemurian. We know that there's people that have alien qualities right. um, or Atlantean qualities. Reptilian. And um, there was, uh, God, Sylvia Brown talked about it a lot before she passed, that she would be doing shows at like casinos or wherever. And she'd look in the audience and she could tell in the audience who was part alien. Really? And that it was like a DNA thing like that, you know, over the years it had combined and they weren't even aware of it. They might've been aware that they had some different things qualities. they could do. Yeah. yeah. Different qualities, but maybe dismissed it as like a family thing. So yeah. I think your question is, is really kind of interesting. How many other creatures beings are out there that we as humans aren't even aware of. That's a good probably, one. We probably know about like 1% and that's exciting. That's exciting to me. I want to know. <laughs> I'm kind of tying in with that. I my one question is how how have they um, sustained their their life? How have they 
stayed hidden and and stayed throughout you know eons existed existed all these years Mm. jake's question he's postulating what's your question i think i would probably ask them hmm What's that fishy smell? (laughs) 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 What's it smell? (laughs) Hey, D, D Scott, what would your question be? Uh, That's good. Um, I don't know, because I'm relatively sure, like, if I had something like that sitting in front of me, uh, words would probably not work for quite some time. Uh, if I if I stayed in the room with that <laughs> mythical whatever, uh, their question to me would be like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> That's why, why you're so much fun to bring to haunted locations. Exactly. Yeah. So much. I'd love being the guinea pig to leave yeah. them in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What do you think, Jake? I think I would honestly. I would probably take more of a. a an eco route and say, how can we, how can we align with you and, and start healing, start healing this earth, you know, this poor planet, you know, what advice should we have followed all along until we uh, drove everybody back out into the deep water? You know, did, did you guys see um, the uh, show yet on Netflix? I'm a Netflix like freak. Um, Seaspiracy, which I've seen that it, some of it might not have been, real but it has to do a lot with that jake that this gentleman who started this whole documentary um was the kind of person that you know was cleaning up the oceans and really uh about like you know you use don't use plastic bottles you carry your own water bottle don't Mm -hmm. use straws because it hurts sea turtles and has been doing this kind of work for years and um, <clears throat> what he found was that basically we're not doing safe or um, smart like harvesting of the waters. Like it's still mm-hmm. gonna happen, but we have to mm-hmm. be smart about it. And that the, the laws have to apply globally. Right, absolutely. And, uh, just some people are respecting that. They let people come and, and just demolish the, uh, the species. Right. And that's, that was kind of like protecting like the species, not saying not to fish or to, harvest. or to eat fish, right. To put things to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an interesting, if you get a chance, because it ties in so much with what you're asking, you, mm-hmm. you guys would be um, surprised. It's um, that really doesn't surprise me. And also even to get into, you know, the water and the recycling stuff for a minute. Um, I actually, I actually just recently found this out, but this was talking about the state of California, but um, I, there was an individual that I was watching on YouTube. Um, she's actually a very famous drag queen who is an ecological kind of just like out there doing the Lord's work seriously. Um, her name is Tammy Brown, if you want to look her up, but she was saying that actually in the state of California, that most of the plastic recycling in, in most areas that you put out, that you have to separate for your city actually mm-hmm. doesn't ever get recycled. Yeah, um, that's what he it, said too. Unless you're cutting off, you can't remove the bottle caps or something like that. There's weird things that they will actually just toss it right into the garbage anyway. Um, you have to do it very specifically if they're going to accept it. And then most times people don't even sort it. So that was pretty disheartening to hear. So yeah, absolutely. If I find my homegirl a mermaid, I'd even let a siren whistle to me. I would say, hey, how do I clean this up? <laughs> I'm so sorry, sweetie. <laughs> oh, see, this I is know. why I love this next generation. They're gonna they're gonna make things happen in a positive way for us. Hopefully. Well, and I think that I think that they're they're more connected to it. Like even mm-hmm. even these things that probably for years didn't have any um, whether it had to do with the indigo children mm-hmm. or crystal children, rainbow children, I think that they 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 were born in to vibrate at a higher level and to make and to focus children. on that kind of stuff. And so, you know even though there's a, you know, big uptake in, in technology, I think that the need for these other things, how many times, Michelle, you and I have talked to a family and they've got a wicked haunting um, and the kid is the most affected in a house of like five people. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we'll say is you got to get rid of the, um, the grid, which is 
the whole house is completely wired. Mm -hmm. The child is going to sleep with their laptop and mm -hmm. television in the room. And we'll tell the parents, you got to have them gardening, working on a farm, working with horses, animals, mm -hmm. because Absolutely. that really helps heal. I, you know, I rarely, and shame on me, I rarely say, um, do something that's aquatic. And that's probably one of the best things like, you know, cause if you put your hands in water, it kind of quiets right. things down. You know, what really helps And my kids, all three of my sons will attest to this and how much they hated doing this. They have to do the dishes at night and boy, mm. it centers them. Mm -hmm. It really does. Mm -hmm. And I, when I'm doing dishes, I'm at the sink, especially at night when uh, it's dark out and I, the lights are on the house, I zone out and I get so much information psychically that I'm not looking for the kind of you know the drifter stuff that kind of flows in when you're not trying to be and I also see all kinds of spirit people reflected in the window because when it's dark outside it becomes a mirror of what's behind you to me mm -hmm. what I see wandering around behind me and that's because my hands are in water and I always tell yes. people you know Epsom salts bath is wonderful, you know, for kids, don't leave them alone. <laughs> we say that, but have them do dishes. And plus it gives them a, a sense of accomplishment and being a, a family member. Because I know a lot of the kids that I've seen that have such sensitivity to hauntings, like you say, they're always on a device. They're always attached to electricity and they very often don't uh, have chores or responsibilities in the right. house. And that makes a huge shift. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Something, especially kids who, um who cook up in a room all day it's you are just incubating it that i had a similar similar experience um a couple months ago i was dealing with a client who had a very uh disruptive uh poltergeist activity um and you know my the suspicions always usually to check with whatever the sensitive kid is yeah. um and it it's usually that it's 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 you start in that room first mm -hmm. is what i found um and you got to get them out of it more often you know the longer they stay in there the more you're just feeding it you know the more you're in the cage with the lion just feeding it you know <laughs> right um and then i also even just recommend people work on that first even i don't know about you two but i i often recommend doing that work before you even concern yourself with clearing uh, a, a space you know fix that problem before you go clearing things because you're going to move all the good stuff out and then you're just got this <laughs> you know right so, which is far more stubborn absolutely yeah. um but yeah even aligning with um stones with ocean energy aligned with them especially the moon as well the water and the moon mm. are one in one um that's why so much i find selenite and moonstone rainbow moonstone particularly um to be so so powerful especially when we're working with hauntings um energies in a home uh um and then even also to align with mermaids too um you know the just the beautiful healing power with mermaids i don't know um if either of you two do but i actually work frequently with the archetype of the mermaid with the energy of them so i will channel them for readings and um i will sit with them at my altar i a couple months ago bought this beautiful uh mermaid oracle deck um, oh my god it's so beautiful with. So I actually wanted to pull a card for today. I drew a couple, but I wanted to pull one to see, you know, what do they want us to know today and what message do they have? And I think it's so beautifully fitting. Um, so you've got the card, Manta Ray Mermaid. Ooh. Mm, beautiful. And so I felt guided to because in with their book, they've come with a poem. And the last stanza of the poem is scapegoat for casualties at sea, sunken ships blamed on thee, yet fear and slander cannot curb your charming curiosity. And then the last line next to it in the description is they are wise enough to trust and befriend the it's wise, it's wise to trust and befriend the intelligent creatures in spite of their legendary reputation for ferocity. Mm. And I find that so beautiful. I find that working with the archetype of mermaids um, can really concern us with um working with self-love owning the agitated side of ourselves if we find that we are quite pointed lately i think that they're really beautiful um deity to work with um emotional healing and also quite powerful due to the reputation if anybody's familiar with shadow work really mm -hmm. getting to the deep depths of any issue pattern areas that you're trying to heal mermaids are quite beautiful because they can grab your hand and they can go to those deeper areas and kind of escort mm -hmm. you with a sense of familiarity you know god you're um, so fucking deep i love that <laughs> that's such a good one yes um, 
which which um kind of brings up this next card that I pulled, which is Alchemical Seas. And it's this mermaid right here. And she's kind of called upon all the other sea creatures here. And this card talks all about being able to work with all of these deities as tools in our toolbox to be able to work towards a bigger, better cause um, and to feel empowered because, you know, we are mostly made up of water too. So just like we, you know, water is a part of our body, you know, if mermaids find themselves at home in water, then they can find themselves at home in our energy, you know? So it's, just very nice to kind of get that sense that they're always something to be able to tap into even in both aspects that the aspect of the mermaid and of the siren i think that both are appropriate at times you know in the um, I, I definitely think so and just think about like and uh, as far as that with like a, a mythical water creature how many times have you gotten to the shore of a lake mm-hmm. of uh, even a river um or the ocean and it literally stops you you're just Mm. you just let it all go I mean so many even like hardened clients that they will say the only place I can relax is at the ocean right Mm -hmm. so it's the it's the depth it's it's the The power um, the actual the power of it that it really clears them out I that's when I heard years ago is that the ocean clears you out it does It makes perfect sense. You know, even when we're children in the womb, we're in the amniotic fluid, we're in our own body of water. You know, that's where we find our home, our peace, our life force. You know, it's, it's the same reason why every time you step into a pool, your instinct is to lay back on your back and just float in the water. You know, it's, It's we all have that instinct, you know? So I think that that's really beautiful. Very, very true. Um, I started to have another thought that I wanted to ask you to, oh, those cards. What are the name of those cards? Oh, these are the Myths and Mor- the Myths and Mermaids Oracle of Water by, um, uh, uh, the artwork is by Jasmine Becky Griffith, but I believe it's Amber Logan, who is the publisher, but it's a Blue Angel deck. You won't miss it. It's on Amazon, maybe like $16. Um, I love are- the artwork. It looks like the, you know, the, um, the big eyes yeah big eyes that big eyes artist that's what the the images of these mermaids look like to our listeners and oh my god they're yeah. into that they'll love that if anybody's ever been to disney world actually in their art museum jasmine beckham griffith actually every year has um an area in the museum where you can see her artwork displayed oh cool yeah she's she's quite witchy herself she illustrates a lot of fantastical spirits um and energies Oh, that's nice. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else I wanted to talk about with this. Michelle, did you have other thoughts or things you wanted to suggest as far as what our listeners could do? Um, I know that we can meditate or do like yeah. a water meditation. Um, and if you're doing those like meditations, if you want to use that as your spirit guide, because people many times think their spirit guides or their animal guides have to be a real being. Um, but, but they can be as Michelle loves like Bigfoot, um, or a mermaid or, um, Loch Ness. And, um, if that's something that resonates with you, when you go to do your meditations, Mm. ask for that being, or that energy, as Jake just talked about. It come and help you and, and kind of uh, give you clarity and focus in your life. And I find when you're doing that type of meditation, and this is what I like to do and what I recommend, say that you wanted to pull in like mermaid archetypal energy into your work and your meditation, put, put out a bowl of water, maybe mm-hmm. coral, anything like that. I always have a fish tank in my house mm-hmm. because there's nothing that soothes me like water. Um, I tend to do that. I have to really watch it if I'm in a kayak or a canoe because I can just go, I'll put my hands in the water and I go far, far away. And I imagine mm-hmm. things, or maybe I'm not imagining. <laughs> maybe you're not imagining. <laughs> so just experiment. My advice is to just, you know, let your imagination go and, and to, to try these different things. And don't be so, you know, you don't have to be so rigid. Oh, this is my spirit guide. This is who I work with. Open it up because you'll never know what kind of wonderful surprises are waiting for you. My amazing parents, obviously, are 
so supportive of me. But they're 83 years old. They don't wow. even have, I don't think they even have a cell phone. They definitely don't have computers. <laughs> um, so it has saved me that they can't get certain things because uh, my <laughs> mouth is so bad. But um, <laughs> my mom's like, I really want to hear it. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, nope. <laughs> but this morning, I call them every morning. And I this morning, I told them that we were having Jake on and it was our anniversary show. And mom said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I said, I really want to dive into more um, like mythical, mystical creatures. I said, like Loch Ness and, um, you know, some like Bigfoot and things like that. So my mother right away, bless her heart, you know, <laughs> she's one of these ones that had, you know, read all the books of the ancient aliens yep. and um, <laughs> watched all the, you know, the believe it or not and unsolved mysteries. <laughs> and right away, she started to talk about um, champs is that what it's called? Yeah. The yeah. Lake Champlain. And yeah. in Lake Champlain. And she was like, oh, I know that there's something there. And she said, I had friends that lived up there and they all have seen things. And one was a teacher and um, they all know because of the depth of the water and it's so cold all the time. And my father chimes in and goes, well, you know, there, that's a glacier there. And so of course, if there's going to be anything that was there that wasn't discovered, it would be there. And I just thought to myself, like, how cool is that two 83 year olds <laughs> talking to me and validating that mermaids and Loch Ness and all these things exist. So mm -hmm. they're adorable. They are adorable. Um, yeah, completely agree with Michelle. Um, I, uh, I've read a lot actually online, completely separate from mermaids, but um, a lot of things, a lot of stories about oracles back in the day would actually sit their feet in water. Yes. Um, sit their feet in the water uh, and you can always do that and that makes perfect sense because instead of grounding your feet maybe here in the physical world with mother earth you know ground yourself with the element of water you know in spirit in our emotions in our psyche you know that's a beautiful way to do that um i also really personally in my work work with coral um mm. beautiful phenomenal way to just happen um i always keep a piece with me um this is a beautiful clamshell with citrine mm. growing in it Oh, um, I love that. Incredible. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. Wow. And then coral all in the back. Yeah. Where the hell did you get that? That is too cool. That's a total fossil, dude. Yes, I got this at Reiki Rocks Crystal Shop, Tony Craft's oh, store. Tony Craft, yep. who said she couldn't wait to hear tonight's show. Yes. <laughs> and then I also work with um ammonite, um, is a fossil seashell. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, I yeah. love it. Um, and so you can get these in all different sizes. This is a fossilized shell, one of the original um, kind of critters of the ocean um, mm -hmm. that just kind of fossilized one day. And you can find ones that have kind of opalized um, mm -hmm. a little. Gorgeous. And these I find are so beautiful to connect with the element of water, but also even ancestral work too. Mm -hmm. um, old Akashic record work too. Um, such beautiful stuff that I think that you can really align yourself with the element of the water and with um, the beings of the water. They are such old ones, you know, and each right. element, you know, you can find that. But the ocean really has seen some things that holds a lot of secrets. And I think that we can really find a lot of healing, peace and reclaiming of our own mm. self in that mm. ocean space. In you a know? healthier way. Such a like, healthier way. Right. Like nobody's going to find themselves or claim themselves in electronics. Like do more of that. <laughs> Not gonna no, nobody's going to tell you that. I don't care if you're a physician or you're one of us, you know, that's a little bit in the woo woo era, but mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? It, it, we're going to tell you to go more towards what, exactly what you're saying, whether it's um, using it for meditation, focus, clarity, whatever. It, just, it, that's good stuff. You just think mm -hmm. of like when you like, we went away for the week and I brought junior we went you know we were out various you know the bodies of water here and there um and we were not near the ocean but just to get him away from his computer for a week he's a mm -hmm. completely different kid yes and the conversations we had and ironically he'll kill me he luckily he doesn't listen to this he was the first to take a shower in the hotel we stayed at in Gettysburg he didn't understand that we have a shower stall that the curtain goes inside the tub <laughs> the oh. ocean we had a little tsunami in the bathroom in the hotel. oh my god talk about a water spirit we we're creating our own little body of water so he shouldn't yeah. feel too bad it took me a really long time to figure that out too <laughs> i'll tell him you said that oh my god all we did was laugh i mean we laughed and laughed i mean what are you gonna do 
That's what you need though. That's just that get away again, go to the water. Hopefully now with COVID um, in our rear view mirror, hopefully um, people will be able to do more of that and get to the water. Even last year, Jimmy and I though got to, um, we went to New Jersey, Mm. we went to Gloucester, which is one of my all time favorite places. If there's any place I feel like a mermaid, that's where I feel like a mermaid. And, um, did a lot of Lake George and Lake mm-hmm. George for me is, is another one of those areas, bodies of water is sacred to me. It's, it's got Lake George. qualities that and Champlain. There's just something about those bodies of water. Agreed. And Bigfoot's up there too. So, but that's, that's, and, we keep hearing that. Yeah. We got to talk more about that too. Whitehall. We're going to go on an overnight. There's a campground there. I think we should camp in and see if we can, we'll have Dennis sleep in a tent by himself. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> let's go camping we'll stay where bigfoot is he <laughs> sleep alone and he has to be all by himself over in a sector of like the woods and we'll just we'll walkie talkie you are you I'm okay? gonna need at least some kind of weapon no he can't hurt a bigfoot if that we'll thing is gonna taser. rip me to shreds <laughs> and it's me or him i would <laughs> the best bet i got against that mammoth thing is some sort of rifle i know no i know what would happen if we did anything like that i wouldn't care where it was whether it was ghost hunting whatever if any noise you heard or thought you heard you'd be like guys stop messing around guys stop messing around that's you guys isn't it it's like not even think like it's a ghost or anything until like we say later like no we weren't even there yeah i can't wait to go away for a weekend where i don't sleep at all sounds great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> God, it's so much fun so much fun. Hey, do you have any other thoughts or suggestions to our listeners um about how to tap into our mermaid energy how to tap into our mermaid energy um let me see anything else about how to tap into it or anything else that you want to contribute about the the mermaids let me think um oh i mean obviously obviously the sounds of the ocean use that for your meditation skip a guided meditation sounds of the waves um oh whale songs oh whale songs perfect way you will be you will hypnosis period it's such a beautiful way to do it i've been loving um whale music for some reason um so how to tap in more i don't think i think you're right i think exactly what you said make ourselves more mermaidish is to to do things like that, like have the ocean present. Be a mermaid. Um, Become a mermaid. Yeah. And bring more of the ocean inside too. You know, find pieces of shells, coral. Um, I actually, um, our very dear friend Vicky, um, when she went to, geez, where did Vicky go? She went to the ocean um, for the last full moon on Halloween um, for the big full moon. And she picked me ocean seagrass. Um, so it's all dried out. And I've been burning that um, while I do cleanses or while I'm meditating um, to just bring this sense of the ocean, to bring this emotional mm. calm, this recharge, this just loving, purifying energy. So for those at home who work with herbs, um, who use smoke clearing, um, seagrass, I've been falling in love with so deeply since. You did say that on one of the episodes. I forgot about that, that you said you were using some of that. Um, and that's a really great suggestion. I do, I don't know if Michelle does, but I do with Jimmy, I um, pick sea, sea glass. Oh, I love yes. sea glass. And we collect that. And it literally is meditative just doing that because you're you're at the ocean at like five in the morning, just when the sun is coming up that's when we to do it before any other pickers get there. Right, yeah. And, you've got your head down you're listening to the water there's nothing else our favorite thing and if you find that cobalt blue it's like extra special i Mm -hmm. I bring it home and i put that in my fish tank the sea glass yeah so yeah we've got we've got like little containers Mm -hmm. um from his mom with the corks in it so we've got it all around beautiful uh, from different trips did you go to cape may new jersey we didn't go to cape may we did um belmont correct or yeah belmont beach if if you ever go to cape may that whole uh, sunset beach it's made out of clear quartz oh cape may diamonds are all little pebbles that wash down from the i think it's the chesapeake bay watershed and then the quartz gets dropped right at sunset beach 
and there's other stones too, but you can just scoop them up. And there are Cape May diamonds and they look like diamonds when they're all polished and cut. But talk about high energy. I mean, you've got the ocean, you've got all that quartz. It's just wow. got the point. I actually- Well, no wonder Cape May is so haunted. Oh my God. Any of our listeners out there, you want a great vacation venue if you're into hauntings and spirits and ghost yeah. stories. Cape May is a, no pun intended, a hidden gem. And quite honestly, that's where, you know, my, my husband's always, I think I've mentioned this before, I wanted to see what ghosts wanted to see them. We went for a walk on the beach at night and I'm freaking out because there's crabs running around. Right, yes, there is. He's looking at the ghost and he's freaking out about that. But it was amazing. We saw ghosts flying through the air in front of our rental house. It was a good two minutes. All the, you know, it's like a garden there. So it was like all the chirping and the, all, you know, the peepers, suddenly they just faded away. And for a solid 10 minutes, we have the, the classic wispy ghosts flying around in front of us. Thank God that we were both there and not drinking. <laughs> it's like Right. And that you could validate one another. So oh. that's another good one for our, yeah. our clients. Just a, a, a kind of a final note. I know a lot of people that do healing work and they have to go annually. And I'm sure there's other places they go, but they go annually um, to Cape Cod. Mm. And not just because we all love Provincetown. Um, it, they go to Cape Cod and they do like meditative retreats, clearings. Mm. So this is for people that do Ho'oponopono mm-hmm. um, or Reiki. And the other ones take um, uh, like a vacation and they go to Hawaii. And, oh, yeah. and they get the energy of the island as well as the water. Boy, when I was in Hawaii, my psychic stuff is supercharged. And we were in kayaks, we were in a two-person kayak. And while we were in the kayak, about a mile out, I don't know why, we decided to keep going. We had two uh, humpback whales singing to each other. They swam like six inches under the kayak. They were, it was their mating song, it was mating season. And the female actually turned and rolled under us and we could see her white belly and then the male reached like six feet away and we could see the the water spout out and then we could hear him inhale and his tail his massive tail just slid into the water like like a knife through butter not even a single splash it was the most amazing spiritual experience that my husband and i've ever had it was just incredible pretty cool yeah i I can't i can't recommend hawaii enough Well, guys, that's another episode in the books. That's interesting. In the vault. <laughs> and Jake, I appreciate you again being on. We're going to have you back um, for many more episodes this year because you are a fan favorite. So, I'm so excited. Oh, I love I this know. one. This and so it's fun. not just my daughter that says it. It's a lot of people <laughs> that, that say it. I'll take what I get. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a, just so you know, you said Tammy Brown. She's a huge fan of Tammy Brown. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And um, we, she and I watch Katya and Trixie Mattel on a regular basis. Uh, so I love that so deeply. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally off topic. So um, again, thank you to our listeners for an amazing two years. Unbelievable um, that we've been able to do this. I, I thank you. And I appreciate this so, so much. And thank you to D Scott as always. Thank you, Michelle. Again, thank you, Jake Paul. And again, everybody, please keep sharing us, liking us, sending us suggestions. And um, Jake, uh, just finally, how do our listeners get to talk to you personally? So um, on Facebook, it's Jake Paul Readings. Um, Etsy is Readings by Jake. Um, And then uh, Instagram is Intuitive Jake. Sounds perfect. (laughs) Just watch your Instagram account. <laughs> you might wind up with somebody duplicating it. Um, oh my God. Oh my gosh, that's what happened to you. My, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and then it happened to Drew Cowley. Our what buddy are, Drew it was the following week. Oh my God. Same exact thing. It was creepy. They took all my pictures. That's terrible. Yeah, you're right. All my pictures. Oh my God. And they were t- when they contacted the clients, they were like, well, I'm doing it this way because of COVID. <gasps> Oh, so yeah. people just catching people off guard. That's just yeah. Sad. So they were kind of like, oh, okay. Katie reached out to me for a reading. It was weird. First of yeah, all, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, <laughs> no. Yeah. So that's yeah. how it works. You contact the clients because you know who wants the reading. 
Exactly. If I was that psychic, I'd be like, hmm, <laughs> I think G. Scott needs a reading. <laughs> it's like the right. doctor calling you, going, hey, you want to come in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, again, thank you again, Jake, for being a part of our crazy crew. Really thank love so and much. appreciate you. you. You're wonderful. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Right. Love you guys. Listen Have a great night. You thank you again. It's a mess. Good night, guys. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you. Right here on the ocean floor Such wonderful things around you What more is you looking for? Under the sea Under the sea Darling, it's better down where it's wetter Take it from me Up on the shore, they work all day Out in the sun, they slave away While they're devoting full time to floating